0: Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world, given back to us. Wade and I still are on spring break. We're down in the beaches of Florida and we brought our microphones here and we're going to continue our winging It series on Martin Luther. Actually, we're in the office still working hard while the it students is, are doing stuff. It is somewhat stuff.
1: warm compared to how it's been though. It's uh, yeah, 38, 39 we, today?
0: We do have flurries in the sky though, so we are definitely uh, very far from, from any warmth. Last time, we were in Heidelberg, and we heard about Luther and meeting with his Augustinian brothers. There, he defends his theses, now known as the Heidelberg Disputation Theses, or probably uh, more familiar, uh, the Theses on the Theology of the Cross. And we move across Germany, we're going to go to Augsburg. And the reason we're going to be in Augsburg is because there is an imperial diet going on there. And Luther is not invited to this diet at first. This is uh, um, empire business, but it also will have to do, as was the case with everything in um in in the late medieval ages. It's going to have to do with the power of the Pope. It's going to have to do with the Church. It's going to have to do with uh, the Italian Pope and how much influence he has uh, in German lands. And so there's a lot of politics going on there. Now, when we left uh, Heidelberg, um, some authors have suggested that Luther left triumphant, um, we maybe saw a little bit of that when we talked about Martin Busser, the young Martin Bucer being taken by Martin Luther, but he's going to come to Augsburg and he's going to be called there, um, not triumphantly, he's going to be maybe at first a little sheepish because he's going to be called onto the carpet, and this is the only time we have an instance where he's interrogated. Now, what had happened between um, uh, springtime of 1518 and then in the middle of October, um, in Augsburg of the same year, fifteen eighteen, at the at the this Imperial Diet, is that Rome is starting to think about Luther a little bit, and um, how much we don't really know, but certainly an investigation has started. We don't even really know if indulgences came up in that Augustinian conference in Heidelberg. We really don't have the information of the the full agenda, that kind of stuff, but. Certainly things change now, and now it's going to be about indulgences and very quickly about the authority of the Pope. Now, the Pope had wanted Luther to come to Rome, and Luther kind of said to Spalatin and therefore also to Frederick the Wise, "Uh, "'Can we do this on German soil?' And Frederick the Wise, of course, is yes, that would actually um, be very beneficial. He does not want to give any power to the Italian pope in that way. This is his citizen. This has to do ultimately with his territory, with his new university at Wittenberg. Um, He has the authority right here. And so any chance I think Frederick the Wise had, or any German, had the opportunity to say uh, no to the Italian pope uh, for a German cause, um, they were going to take that chance. They were going to take that opportunity, I should say. And so we have this kind of uh, political backdrop, too, here. Maximilian, uh, the emperor, is also okay with having it on German soil. That's, a, that's maybe a card that he can play with the pope. Um, he uh, is coming to the close of his life, even though he doesn't know it. He's going to die in 1519. Um, but he has already kind of set up that he wants his grandson, correct, Charles the First of Spain, to 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 kind of take over for him and hopefully eventually be uh, crowned uh, the Holy Roman (laughs) Emperor. Now, he doesn't have papal backing for that choice. And so if he can say to the Pope, oh, absolutely, we'll take care of this Luther uh, deal. We are, this Luther issue, we are in Augsburg for an imperial diet right now. We'll take care of it. But then he can also say to the German princes, no, this is going to be on German soil and so he can kind of—he's he, all too happy to have this happen. And so Luther then is going to be called um, out on the carpet a little bit in Augsburg. It's not going to be a part of the Imperial Diet. It's going to be uh, sort of on the on the periphery. And I think maybe even technically it's after the Diet closes, uh, if I if I read that history correctly. But we're in October 12th, 14th, something around there. Um, in October, and Luther is going to meet with a man named Thomas Cayetan, who is a cardinal, and who is going to be uh, dispatched from Rome um, to take care of this Luther problem. And so they're going to meet here, and it's kind of some interesting back and forth. I I like, I think this comes from Cayetan's own pen, that he came to be a father figure to Luther, like, okay, you have to recant, but he didn't want to be a judge, but in the end ended up being a judge. He had orders from Leo X, the Pope. There is no debate here. Luther is given a chance to recant. He can be silent. We're not going to go after him necessarily. He just needs to say, I was wrong, and we can move on. So that sets the stage there for this um, kind of one-on-one almost. There will be, of course, other people in there, but kind of a one-on-one with Cardinal Cayetan and the German reformer Martin Luther, with all those politics, with all those uh, German versus Italian things underneath it all, but for Luther and Cayetan, it very much was a theological issue, even though they would see maybe the theological points as the same, but in different order. For Luther, of course, it was going to be scripture, what does scripture say about repentance, And Kayaton's going to have a little bit of idea of papal authority mixed in there. So I'll kick it to you, uh, Wade, and you can fill in the gaps that I missed and take the conversation to the next step. Is is my mic working,
1: Mike? I I wasn't sure if maybe it just wasn't working or something.
0: Oh, how the tables have turned, Wade. How the tables have turned.
1: I like it. It's good. Um, Yeah, I I have to say that for this particular section with Kayaton, Um, really helpful was Lyndall Roper's um, Martin Luther, Renegade and Prophet. A lot of um, books kind of gloss over the meeting with Cayetan and just says, well, Luther was alone and lonely and he wanted a debate and Cayetan wouldn't give it to him. And so he ends up losing his father figure, Staupitz, who releases him from the order. And we'll get to that. But there's actually some pretty interesting stuff that happens there. Um, And Mike, you've hit on a lot of that. So I thank you for that even if I gave you a little bit of grief. Um, but Cayetan was on his first diplomatic mission here as he makes his way to the Augsburg Diet, um, of 1518. And, uh, he has a, a big mission. He's supposed to try to get the Germans to be on board with raising funds and troops for a crusade against the Turks, against the Ottomans that the Pope wanted to raise. And so, uh, he is sent with that as his primary mission, and then, as Mike mentioned, Luther's kind of more and more on the radar, and it will be added as a secondary mission, um, one that Cayetan agrees to. He tells um, Spalatin and Frederick that he thinks that Luther can have his uh, meeting with him in Germany rather than having to have a trial in Rome, which seems like a bargain. And so, this was a big deal for Cayetan. His uh, name, his real name was Tommaso de Vio. Or Thomas, uh, I guess from the way is that way wheel masculine of way sure. we as we. I
0: think he was, I think he was renamed or took I'm the name Thomas. Okay, you go ahead. Sorry. And then all I, right.
1: See, it's all you right. you asked a question. You, you're right though. Um, yeah, he took the name Thomas actually um, because he was a scholar um, of Thomas Aquinas Summa Theologica, and this um, he spent much of his life actually working on a commentary on that work by Thomas Aquinas. So what you have here is you have a papal legate who has been sent to meet with Luther. So he represents papal Roman authority. You have a Thomist, um, which means he represents scholasticism. And you have someone who, as Mike notes, has chosen to take the posture of um, a father, right? He's here to to kind of give Luther a fatherly admonition. He's not here... Um, He at least portrays it as he's not here to judge him. He's not here either to debate him, but kind of as a father to admonish him. And Luther is very annoyed by this. And we have a number of letters that Luther has written complaining about Cayetan constantly calling him my dear son and stuff like this. Cayetan kind of is the embodiment of the things that Luther is coming to grow weary of and maybe even um, resent about the the Roman Church, uh, Cayetan was a Dominican. Um, he was a Thomas, but he's open to humanism, as Roper notes. Interestingly, also he had advised the Dominicans um, that there should uh, that wars of subjection, Roper says, should not be fought against native peoples in the New World. So he was somewhat enlightened, if I can borrow that phrase, on that front. Um, but Frederick and, and Spalatin hope this is actually a bargain of a deal. Maybe Luther can behave a little. Maybe Cayetan will be understanding. And this settles settle stuff um, in German territory or within the empire in Germany. Um, and this also, though, something that Roper brings out and that, Mike, you brought out a little bit last time and this time, coincides with the diet that's taking place um, in Augsburg. Now, the diet had recently ended, so Frederick had left, and Spalatin had actually left, so Luther was alone. Um, Christian Schorl, I believe was his name, was supposed to meet Luther in Nuremberg and go on with him to Augsburg, but there was either miscommunication, or Schorl didn't want to do it, or Luther didn't want him to come along. And Luther does end up uh, then alone to kind of come up with his strategy before Cajetan. But he does meet with a number of pretty important lay people in Augsburg. And so Roper brings out that this is somewhat unique because uh, an issue, if we want to say a problem, or an issue that had largely been handled by Rome or the Augustinian order so far <laughs> now has political dynamics in play. It has political dynamics in play because Luther is starting to, to get to know some political players. It has political dynamics in play because there had just been a big political meeting. Um, it has political dynamics in play because Cayetan's primary mission Was political, but it's here at Augsburg where it seems that it really starts to show up on the radar of some of the political players in Germany that a lot of what Luther is saying uh, resonates with their own, um, I don't want to say nationalists, so don't understand that anachronistically as nationalism as it will develop later, but their own German concerns is maybe a better way to put it. Um, Too much papal influence. Um, We're paying too much to Germany. Um, The church is too Roman and not German enough. And so they start to see in Luther someone who, even if they, um, maybe they're not hopping on board the Reformation train. And keep in mind, there is no capital R Reformation train at this point. No one has any idea the Reformation, as it gets called, has started. Um, But this is actually... Luther's not as alone as it seems, although he is alone in a way he hasn't been alone before, and that he he doesn't have Spalatin's ear um, as easily as he would have in the past, and he doesn't have one of Frederick's, um, you know, A-team counselors with him. Um, But maybe, Mike, I'll let you jump in on anything you have there, and then I kind of want to come back a little bit um, to kind of uh, Luther's... uh, surprising strategy here
0: yeah i there's some contrasts that jump out to me you know at in heidelberg he's on home turf even though he's very far away from uh wittenberg and and saxony Um, he's with his augustinian brother he has the floor he can talk um he 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 is the one who is dictating the conversation at least when he is presenting his theses he goes to um Augsburg, there's not even an Augustinian house there. He's got to stay with the Carmelites, I think, and he he is definitely alone there. And and this is not his meeting. This is Cayaton's meeting, and uh, he he seems to be uh, deferential at some points. He he knows what he's supposed to do, so he literally gets down on his on his face before Cardinal Cayetan, as he was supposed to do in a show of respect when he gets up. He's Which really annoyed
1: his... him to no end, even as yeah. he did it.
0: And he's on his knees. And and I th- I think about them, it, there seems to be like three different, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's three different times when they kind of meet, they take breaks, and there's some side things going on. Yep. Three uh, between big them.
1: meetings is how it's usually described. And,
0: and I kind of think about three rounds of a heavyweight uh, boxing match here that and, and the first round was I think won by Kayatan um, and Luther seems to almost step back a little bit and then he gains his footing. And in the end he the second
1: totally goes to Luther, yeah. Yeah,
0: and then and then he Luther later says um he kind of he rattled Kayatan and and, and Kayatan who wants to be this father figure and not a judge kind of loses his cool and says, get away from me, um, you know, threatens him, right? I can take you to chains to Rome right now. Um, uh, And then even says, get away from me, you know, come back when you're ready to recant, right? Um, And and so Luther says, you know, I rattled him at the end. And so I I don't want to... It's hard to read into this. Does does Luther come out as a victor here or not? I don't know. Does he does he come out more confident? I think he leaves thinking he came thinking he came
1: out a victor, but he he lost a lot.
0: Yeah, and I think to say that he came up there and he was this bold guy who threw punches and the 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 cardinal didn't know what to do i think would be inaccurate i i think luther probably was shaken a little bit too that uh he was not going to be given a chance to debate um he had to go through these proper protocols you know kneeling before the kind of probably kissing the ring kind of stuff of the the higher up and so uh and he does leave even though it's not as dramatic as maybe uh, we think he does have to leave kind of clandestinely you know
1: climbs over the wall uh, yeah, yeah you
0: know uh, he there it's not like he's Cardinal Cayatin says um, recant and don't come back until you recant and then he just runs out of, out of town there no there was some time there where he was able to actually write a defense uh, or or an appeal to Rome um, but he does kind of have to leave and goes back to Wittenberg on horseback he's not a He's not a horseman, right? Um, uh, he normally would walk or be in a, in, in a cart that would have been uh, um, dragged along by a horse. And so he, he definitely, is, this is it's just uncomfortable for Luther as much as it was for Cayetan is kind of the way I read it. Um, uh, just one last thing, I'll kick it back to you. It's interesting that by the time he gets back to Wittenberg, it is October 31st, 1518, and so in one year, from the exactly from the 95 theses, he's gone to Heidelberg, and then he's gone to Augsburg, and there's been quite a change um, to somebody who certainly was not known in Rome, certainly was not a player, who is now, as you said, meeting political figures. Um, he they're on the docket uh, um, at this int, at this um, imperial diet, even if it's not the main focus. I, I think the Venetians are the Venetians are annoyed that they have to they have to why are the germans and the italians worrying about the or the 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 papacy, the papacy and the germans worried about this peripheral matter when we need to be talking about armies against the turks and other <laughs> political things so a lot changes in one year from october 31st 1517 to october 31st
1: 1518 yeah so i just i have a few things i've jotted down and i'll kind of maybe hit on each of them and then i'll and and by
0: the way for our our listeners he literally just jotted them down
1: yeah as we were going (laughs) um i i to be fair mike i normally write the stuff down as we're going his thoughts come in my head (laughs) because if i write it out before it's kind of like preaching from a manuscript i don't do that anymore either i get too worried about hitting on everything i had down before um, interestingly, though, just a couple points, maybe a background to hit on. Luther originally hoped to get out of meeting with Cayetan. He had kind of come up with a plan that um, he'd ask for a safe conduct that, that, they, that they surely wouldn't grant, and then he wouldn't have to go. But Spalatin and Frederick insist he go because they see this as a good opportunity. He had two options he could walk or he could go with a wagon, and Luther himself then insists on walking because he wants to go as a good mendicant. Um, a mendicant, right, is a, a, a monk or a friar who's taking a vow of poverty. Um, oftentimes it was the mendicants who were known for their begging. Um, and so he, he takes this rather long trip to Augsburg, and I've driven from Wittenberg to Augsburg, and it is a, <clears throat> a, a long trip even by car, you know, equivalent of a trip you might take within Wisconsin of quite some, if you're going up north and you're in Milwaukee. If you're not from Wisconsin, you don't understand what that means. Come visit our lovely state. Take a take a week, rent a car, and go up to Door County and you know explore as well. <clears throat> but uh, um, like a
0: two week trip, almost right. Yeah, Thirteen and days. Yeah. Speaking
1: of diets of big political meetings, what did we just get coming to Milwaukee now, Mike?
0: We have the uh, Democratic um, convention in yeah. next year, which is a political move, of course, right, by the Democrats. They lost, it's, lost not like, it's not they didn't like it's not like boy, know? we'd really love to go. Uh, Milwaukee's a fine town, but it's not like they're like. Boy, I think Milwaukee is better than Miami. Yeah. No.
1: But we are on the electoral map for this next election. Um, but he insists on walking. A couple things about Augsburg. This is one of the more prominent cities Luther would have been to. Um, Augsburg is kind of surpassing Nuremberg at this time um, in as a wealthy city, uh, imperial free city of importance. <clears throat> um, you can see that partly if you know Lutheran history because that name Augsburg is going to come up more times in Lutheran history. Um, but it's a prominent city. It's it's increasingly a wealthy city. It's the home of the Fugers. And the Fugers who are who had lent the money to Albrecht of Mainz, um, which really kicked off this whole indulgence uh, controversy. Um, Augsburg is a great city to visit. If you haven't, I've been a number of times. I really enjoy it. I actually drove through the plaza that you're not supposed to have cars in by accident, and some nice old German ladies warned me. Um <clears throat> But there you have um, in Augsburg also the Fuggers started some of the um, first social housing in Germany, and uh, so housing for the poor. But the motto that they had inscribed, uh, I can't remember if it's on all the doors or on the main door, was "Don't waste time." So kind of we see like capitalist, um, you know, industrialism already um, <clears throat> having its influence there. And I think uh, if Luther saw that. He maybe took it to heart, and in many ways, his meeting with Cayetan is about not wasting time. There's two key issues um, that Mike somewhat hit on. The first is the nature of the treasury of the merits uh, that the Pope is able to dispense with indulgences. We've had a session on indulgences, so I don't want to get too in detail on that. Um, But part of the question was, are the treasury and the merits the same thing, or are they separate? In other words, had Christ merited by his merits, the treasury, or are these one and the same thing? Um, Cayetan, as a good um, Roman Catholic, I guess, views uh, this as kind of like a credit system. So the Pope has this treasury, and then um, he is going to kind of give that out in exchange for indulgences, the promises of of piety. Uh, Not credit as, you know, uh, Paul will famously speak of it as, and it was credited to, um Abraham is righteousness. But kind of like the dispensing of little bits of um, <clears throat> of of merit, Luther is going to insist instead on the keys as Christ gives them, that the main thing the church has been given, um, as we would talk of it now, is the power to absolve, to forgive sin or not to forgive sin. <clears throat> the second was the role of faith in the sacrament. Um, Once again, as a good Roman Catholic, Cayetan will insist that the sacrament has the power in itself. It's the doing of the deed. Um, And Luther's going to say, well, the sacrament doesn't do much good apart from faith, though. So here we see getting at kind of the medieval system, sacramental system as well, as it's not enough just to be in attendance and to go through the motions, but it's faith that saves. Cayetan will somewhat... not concede, but say, okay, I'm not going to really hold you accountable for your position on this second point. And the the nature of the treasury of merits is going to become central. And for that, uh, Cayetan is going to quote this uh, papal proclamation of Unigenitus, which uh, um, talks about the acquiring of merits. He doesn't seem to have expected Luther to be familiar with it. Luther was. um, And he points out that Cayetan is perhaps not quoting it Um, as the Latin should be properly understood. Um, So Luther shows he's more familiar with Latin than may have been expected. And he liked to call this extravagante instead of unigenitus because it was recognized among even many Roman scholars that the pope made some rather ambitious, if not audacious, claims uh, in this writing. The first meeting is not going to go so well for Luther. He wants a debate. Cayetan won't give him one, and so it's kind of like detente, stalemate, but this is, I would say, initially, Mike, I think you characterized it as well as probably um, round one goes to Cayetan. Round two, Luther does just um, a rather um, crazy thing for how this whole thing was supposed to proceed, (coughs) And so I just want to read from Roper here uh, a couple sentences. She writes What Luther did next, so for the second meeting, is extraordinary. He appeared at the second meeting the next day not on his own, but accompanied by four imperial counselors, the newly arrived Staupitz, and a group of witnesses. He also brought a notary. Luther opened the interview by reading out a document stating that he would submit to the judgment and the lawful conclusion of the Holy Church and all who, um, all and of all who are better informed than I, but denying that he had said anything contrary to Holy Scripture, the church fathers, or papal decrees, he then refused to say anything more, but instead promised to answer in writing. Now, this is a private meeting in which Cayetan sees himself like a good father, uh, there to admonish Luther, and Luther now goes and kind of takes the reins in this second meeting, brings witnesses a notary to make sure everything is recorded so no one can say later, oh, Coyotin, clean the floor with him, um, and then says he's not been proven wrong, and he insists on being proven wrong, and then the next big step there insists that he be allowed to reply um, in writing, and then says he'll only do so in writing. And I think we see in here uh, two things. A, um, Luther's recognition that a private meeting, what is said, could be twisted later against him, but B. Luther more and more recognizing the power of the written word, um, and and this will come become very important with the printing press. and Brand Luther is a very good book on this, um, but wanting to have written down what his reply is, and I, I maybe you can disagree, Mike, if you think so, but. I can't imagine he didn't have in the back of his head that this would be something he would publish if he chose to after the meeting.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you know, at first glance, I see that as, all right, um, this is not going to be fair. And when you have ever been in a situation or you know of somebody who's in a situation where they have been either accused falsely or rightly or, you know, you... To be
1: fair, anytime anyone in authority asks to meet with me, I'm tempted yeah. to do this. Yeah.
0: Like that's what I'm saying. If you've been called out for a meeting to the boss, um, and you don't think you're going to get a fair hearing here, or you feel like there's there has been talk about you already, like people have already made a decision about you, and they're maybe trying to catch you into do some to saying something wrong, um, you bring a witness, right? You bring a witness. You bring a friend. You bring a notary. In maybe. this case, you bring four, four witnesses, documents, and a notary. Um, but yeah, I think there's something to that too. That you know, Luther's not naive here. I mean, I sometimes we just get this oh, he was just we've talked about maybe there were some certain things he was naive to that the, the politics that were going on, um, behind closed doors. I mean, he certainly didn't know the complicated things in full that Frederick the Wise was dealing with, but who would? But he's not naive here, he, he's 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 seen what the 95 theses have have begun to do. Um, He's, he's high up in the Augustinian order. He's, you know, all the Germany calls, all the Augustinian Germans come, call together their conference. He's the one speaking there, right? This is, this is an imperial diet and they have specifically said, we want to meet with you. And it's okay if you don't come all the way to Rome. He's not naive here. He knows, and he knows that people are going to talk about this, that what's going to happen here is going to go to Rome. That they have now been talking about him at uh, at Rome, even if he didn't know that. Um, you know, in June of 1518, he knows now, and so. And you, you're right, Brand Luther really helps with this, and and shows quite a few things that uh, writings of Luther or comments that he he's made with friends. He knew exactly that he was a brand. He knew exactly that he was going to be talked about. He knew exactly that he needed to get the record straight, and he knew exactly that this stuff was going to be published. It was.
1: And so the second meeting, uh, as you might be able to guess from the description of how Luther approached it, went roughly. Um, and it, the two key kind of topics of debate, once again, are um, the treasury of merits, the nature of it, and um, the, the role of faith in the, in the sacraments. I think uh, if we jump then to the third meeting and, and kind of to how it concludes, um, at the third meeting is when Cayetan finally has just had enough, so this is on October 14th of 1518. He, uh, he sends Luther away and says, don't come back until you're ready to recant, which means Luther really is never going to come back. Um, this is going to set up Luther leaving town. He also then made a demand of Staupitz. As Luther's superior, he demanded that Staupitz intervene, that Luther, um, that he get Luther to recant. Uh, Staupitz kind of, you know, is like, okay, but not really committing to anything, and uh, does say um, that Luther's knowledge of Scripture is better than his own. He kind of is saying to Cayetan in that, look, you've just argued with him. He's no dummy. He knows Scripture better than me. And it maybe whether or not Staupitz, you know, Honestly, thought Luther knew Scripture better or not, Who knows? But this is Staupitz saying, "What am I supposed to do? You know, you're you're, you're the man, and I'm just uh, I'm just his superior." Um, there's then going to be a rumor um, that's going to spread that that some might try to take L- Luther um, captive um, to seize him and take him to Rome, and it's that especially that prompts Staupitz then to release. Um, Luther from the Augustinian order, to release him from his vows, which means Staupitz is no longer his superior, um, and uh, kind of frees Staupitz from having to uh, discipline Luther. Or really, um, the positive side, Staupitz, you could say, is doing this for Luther. It frees Staupitz from having to cooperate with Rome regarding Luther. But it also, um, potentially, if there is a negative side, could be Staupitz saying, I'm not willing to get more involved than this. Um, which one was it more of? I think it's unfair for me to pass a judgment on that from 500 years um, span of time. We have a session on Stalpitz. I'd encourage you to listen to that. Um, but that seems to be the two possible reasons for Stalpitz doing so. Mike, you kind of pricked up like you might have thought.
0: I was just thinking. Um, I know what I would have done. <laughs> Mine would have been the latter. Like I don't want to deal with this. Uh-huh. I mean, this is. This is... Staupitz doesn't seem to be a guy who wants to be high up in in the political atmosphere. Like, I don't think he has... You know, he's he's not... Doesn't seem to be, oh, I really would like the Archbishopric of whatever. And he does distance himself from Luther a little bit at the end. And I think... Take it as he seems to me like a guy that's like, I just want to be a pastor. I just want to do this. I don't want to do this administrative stuff. I will do it because um, I'm called to do it. And maybe even he does enjoy it a little bit, but he does, he's kind of backs off in, in other places in his life as well too. So you're probably right. It's a mix maybe.
1: And so basically um, from this point, four days will pass by um, without Cayetan asking Luther to come um, or replying to Luther's written statement. And so um, Luther's, uh, his friends in Augsburg, um, perhaps some old, some new. In fact, the monastery he was staying at, uh, um, I believe it was, as you said, the Carmelite Monastery, um, I believe, of St. Anne. Um, Yeah, the Carmelite Monastery of St. Anna. Um, The prior there, Johannes Frosch, was a um, friend from uh, Erfurt when he was a student. Um, who, Who exactly, right? These friends are, whoever it is, these friends say, Luther, you've got to get out of here. They're nervous that he will be seized and taken to Rome for trial, which everyone knew would not go well for Luther. Um, and so on the night of October 20th, so it could have been on the October 21st when he actually leaves, but during that night, um, it seems he climbed over the, uh, the city wall the next day, um, there's kind of a statement to the pope that's posted on the door of the Augsburg Cathedral, um, and Luther makes his way back. And this is kind of like the final thing saying that the only, the only route left um, was a trial before Leo or before the emperor, right? That this um, appellation to the pope was basically an appeal to Leo, Um, So the only question that will be left for when Worms is going to come up is, will this trial be before Leo or before the emperor? Frederick the Wise obviously wants it before the emperor, and so Frederick arranges for it to take place at Worms. But Worms is uh, not on the radar right now, right? There's no one knowing what the next step will be. And uh, so Luther makes his way back to Wittenberg. And you could say, well, who won? Um, theologically, I would say, um, as a Lutheran, so I'm very biased in this, that it appears that Luther got the best theologically of Cayetan. He at least flustered him, although a lot of the flustering might have been administrative on Cayetan's part. Um, But there's a significant loss here for Luther, and that is the loss of Staupitz. There will still be correspondence between Staupitz and Luther at times throughout life, but here was a very steadying, um, very fatherly influence in his life, um, and their relationship dramatically changes because of this. Um, so Luther demonstrates, again, kind of his dramatic flair. Luther makes a bold point, um, but suffers loss, right, in, in, the, um, in the process. So how does Luther leave feeling um, even his correspondence, I think, is somewhat mixed, but you also have to take his correspondence with a grain of salt, too, of who he's writing to. Of course, he wants to reassure his friends and um, the, the Saxon counselors that he did well, but I have to think there was plenty of time or nights of uh, rather deep thought and uh, self-reflection probably on that way back, too.
0: Yeah, I got to think that he, now he says there's there's been a line drawn here in the sand, and I crossed it, um, and that's gonna that's gonna change the, the the Reformation history. This is kind of a turning point, and as you mentioned, a, a lot of biographies and the smaller biographies, and and I'm not criticizing them, but oh, and then he met with Cayetan, and then that's interesting, and what I, I I see it more as a turning point a little bit. Um, As we get into 1519, we're going to have the the big debate in in Leipzig, Leipzig, but we have some other things that are happening as well. You have uh, uh, another attempt by Rome to deal with the Luther problem, this time via Frederick the Wise, going to send von Miltitz up there with a papal rose. Um, you also have Maximilian, who is going to pass away, and then Charles I, known in, in the, as an emperor of the Holy Roman Empire as Charles V. That's going to change the po- political scene just a little bit. Uh, Frederick the Wise doesn't have his the closeness to Charles as he did with uh, Maximilian. So there's a lot going on here. This is This is a change. And because there's kind of this official stuff, a papal legate was was calling Luther on the carpet recant and he refused to uh, it ups the game a little bit for him um, for him theologically but then also for Frederick the wise uh, politically so I, I see this really co- as a turning point and um, I, I see I see those dates too, even though those are just random there as October 31st, 1517 to October 31st, 1518. And then the the contrast between Heidelberg then and Augsburg. I also like the irony that uh, Cayetan is meeting Luther in uh, a Fugger house, right? Owned by the the Fuggers who um, are the ones who lent the money to Albrecht, who then started this whole indulgence controversy. I don't think that would, that irony was lost on Luther. It's certainly not lost on us. And so there's a lot of things that are coming together here, sometimes by chance, but also politically, theologically, um, with, uh, all together there at Augsburg, and it is a turning point. I, I, as As I look at it as an amateur historian, I see it as a bigger deal than perhaps we were taught when we were getting the short shrift story of Luther when I was growing up as a Lutheran.
1: Yeah, and unless you have anything else, Mike, I guess I'll just close it out with a a little bit of, of a thought here. And so um, I had a student once who did a really good paper on a pamphlet they found that had been um, sent around after Worms called The Passion of Martin Luther, and um, she was very interested in this, and I, so it was uh, in Latin and German, and I translated it for her, um, and then she worked on it, and, uh, you know, it kind of presents um, Luther's experience at Worms as his passion, and if I can kind of build on that, this is the closest that Luther's going to get to his Sanhedrin moment. Um, this is the closest as he'll get to an ecclesiastical trial, a church trial. And it's really a Sanhedrin of one, although um, there are Italians with Cayetan at this. Um, it appears that Cayetan kind of joking with them is part of what annoyed Luther. Um, but his next trial will definitely be more of a before-pilot trial. This will be before the emperor in Worms. Um, If you go to Worms, the old plaque after the anniversary of the Reformation, my understanding is they redid it, but used to say uh, Vor Kaiser und Reich before the emperor and the empire. um, Luther stood here. And so um, I think this is important, too, then is a final phase of getting his church hearing. Um, Everything else is going to be painted with political concerns as well now. And I think Augsburg is also then important for Initiating that is he gets there on the tail end of an imperial diet, and you, you kind of have all this mishmash coming together. So, I'd agree, Mike. I think this is a bigger thing than a lot of um, people understand it to be if they've just seen the Luther movies or read some of the shorter biographies. Um, was Luther too dramatic? Um, did Luther overplay things? I think you could possibly say maybe he did. But he definitely, a big thing coming out of this is going to be the loss of Staupitz as a constant in his life um, and as that father figure that he can lean on. Um, keep in mind, it's Staupitz who, only a few months earlier, was kind of the one who says, hey, come speak for us in Heidelberg. And so um, I guess, uh, you know, this was one of the early moments of Luther uh, when a lot was on the line, letting the bird fly. And. Uh, In the next few sessions, we'll get at how he kind of then builds on that and continues to do so. Next, um, in Germany again, in Duke George's territory, at the Leipzig debate, which was started for Karlstadt to be debating, um, but not an ecclesiastical trial of any sort as this kind of was, not a hearing at least. Um, And I think that I would agree, Mike, that this kind of marks a key turning point or initial break for everything that follows Um, So we'll hope you'll join us again. Hopefully this also whets your appetite for some of the earlier sessions. If you haven't listened to them yet, especially the one on indulgences and then the one on stout And in the meanwhile, let the bird fly.
0: I'm not drunk, I'm just a drinker, I'll set him up another round, I'll set him up another round, I'll set him up another round, one more round won't get me down.